Welcome to the Comic Web Superman Old Time Radio Podcast, where each week we bring you an exciting radio episode from the early years of the Man of Steel. The Comic Web sells old time radio programs and comic books. Check us out at comicweb.com. The Comic Web also offers two other podcasts. One is a variety of old time radio programs, and the other is a video podcast of the old movie cliffhanger serials. You can find them on our website or just type Comic Web into iTunes and they should pop up. Now just sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Superman. Thank you. Presenting the transcription feature, Superman! Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman! Strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can leap tall buildings at a single bound, race a speeding bullet to its target, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. And now to our story. When Metropolis University received a bequest of $3 million to develop its medical research laboratory, there was a string attached to the generous gift. The university, in order to get the money, had to raise $500,000 of its own. There is only one possible way of raising it by having the football team win every game and receive an invitation to play at the Rose Bowl. But Clark Kent has discovered that someone is trying to make the team go to pieces and lose its last game with Southwest University next Saturday. He feels certain it must be one of the three people who will inherit the three million if the university fails to get it. In order to find out who these three people are, he has entered the office of John Quincy, the lawyer who wrote the will, as Superman and is about to open a wall safe to look for the document when a voice barks a command out of the darkness. Don't move, or I'll shoot. Stay where you are while I turn on the light. There, that's better. Who are you and what are you doing in my office? Just paying you a little social call, Mr. Quincy. If I were you, I'd put that revolver away. Your hand is shaking. Evidently, you're not accustomed to pointing a gun. Never mind about me. I presume you realize you've been caught in the act of burglary. What is that outlandish costume you're wearing? Oh, just a little get-up of my own. But we're wasting time. Put that gun up. What do you take me for, a fool? How did you get in here? Through the window. Don't be flippant. Answer my question. I did, through the window. You won't be so cocky once the police start working on you. We'll worry about that later. Are you going to put that gun up? Of course not, and don't move when I... (laughs) Or you'll what, Mr. Quincy? Give me that revolver. Oh, no, no, we'll just break it. Drop the bullets into this waste paper basket and toss it into a corner. There we are. Now, open that safe. Are you mad? I said open that safe. All right, I, I'll open it. There's nothing of value in there. Open it. Quickly. Yes, yes. I... There you see. Only legal papers. No money. I'm not after money. Give me Mr. Richard's will. What? You heard me. Mr. Richard's will. No, no, I, I... I can't. Now, look, Mr. Quincy. I'm not fooling. You recall how I got rid of your gun. I can get rid of you just as simply. No, no, please don't. I... I'll give it to you. Very well. Here. Here. Thank you. I haven't time to read through it. On what page does it name the three beneficiaries in the event Metropolis University fails to claim its legacy? Well? 
Page four. Page four. Three, four. Yes, there it is. Yeah. For any reason whatsoever, the trustees of the aforesaid Metropolis University should fail to meet their quota in raising the aforementioned five hundred thousand dollars. There was an indecent measure provided the funding is following. Now we're coming to it. Equal, equal parts of the aforesaid bequest of three million dollars shall be bequeathed to the following. Andrew C. Clark, my half-brother, George Kane, my nephew, and the Cedar Crest Sanatorium at Mount Carteret. Yeah. So those are the three beneficiaries, eh? Yes, yes, but why are you interested in them? What business is it of yours? You'll learn in time. Where is Andrew C. Clark, Mr. Quincy? Well, he, he lives on a cattle ranch in Montana. I see. And George Kane? I, I, I don't know. The last we knew, he, he was working in uh, an oil tanker. All right, Mr. Quincy. Here's the will. I have all the information I want. Wait. Wait. There's, there's something else. Something important. Oh, what is it? I, I can't think for the moment. You, you confuse well, me. You'd better think fast. I'm in a hurry. Uh, just a minute, please, please. It's, it's very important. All right. Get him up, mister. You're covered. Oh, so that's why you were stalling, Quincy. You somehow signaled for the police. That's right. Now you're trapped. <laughs> I don't think so. Not quite. Hey, get away from that window. Sorry, officer. I'm warning you. So long. Don't waste your bullets. Up. Up. And away. All right, hold on, Jimmy. We've got to get going fast. Oh, gosh, what happened, Mr. Kim? I'll tell you later. I guess we're all right now. Was someone chasing you, Mr. Kent? Well, not exactly, but uh, that neighborhood wasn't very healthy. Did you see the lawyer? Uh, yes, yes. He gave me the information I wanted. Mr. Kent, do you really think someone's trying to poison the whole Metropolis football team and keep it from winning its game with Southwest University on Saturday? I wouldn't be a bit surprised, Jimmy. Well, maybe not poison the players, but knock them out sufficiently to prevent top-notch performance. But didn't the doctor at the university say they weren't poisoned? Yes. Yes, and that's what puzzles me. Well, where are we going now? Uh, to see Coach Taylor. I want to be sure he keeps an eagle eye on his players. Things are liable to happen any day now. Come into my office, Kent. Well, you are comfortable. Well, where's young Jimmy? Oh, he wanted to watch the men at the training table. I told him he could. You, uh, you don't mind, do you? Oh, not at all. Sit down. Thank you. Professor Nelson told me you're hot on the trail. Not as hot as I'd like to be. You really think someone's behind all this? I don't have to think. I know. The boys have been perfect, every one of them. We had a beautiful workout this afternoon. Yes, I know, I know, but today's only Monday. We've got five days to go before the game with Southwest. Don't mention it. You'll put a hex on us. I'm afraid the hex is on. We'll have to lift it before Saturday. Now, look, here's the situation. Under the terms of Richard's will... If the university do doesn't get the three million, other beneficiaries share it. Well, I know that, but who are the beneficiaries? Richard's half-brother, a man named Clark, a nephew of his named George Kane, and the Cedar Crest Sanatorium at Mount Carteret. And you think one of them is trying to put the skids under the football team? Exactly. 
I uh, haven't checked Clark and Kane yet, but I will first thing in the morning. Well, I hope you're wrong, Kent. Personally, I'd like to forget the entire matter. All I ask for is a victory against Southwest, an invitation to the Rose Bowl, and we're set. That'll mean going over the top in our drive to raise that half million. And there'll be nothing else to worry about. Well, it sounds swell, Spike, but it isn't that easy. You probably heard what happened at the research laboratory early this evening. You mean about the gorilla getting loose? Yes. I didn't mention it to anyone, but that looked as though it were deliberate. What? You mean someone let Hercules out of his cage? Uh-huh. Oh, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. Why would anyone free a 400-pound gorilla? For one of two reasons. Either to get rid of me and stop my investigation, or to create a panic that would take everyone's attention off the football team. I don't know, Kent. That's carrying things a little too far. After all, if you hadn't been lucky, that hairy beast might have torn you and a dozen others to pieces. No question about it. Why? Why, that's murder. There are some people who don't stop at murder, Coach. I know, but after all, this isn't a racket someone's running. We're not mixed up with gangsters. Come in, come in. Mr. Kent, he's poisoning the players. Stop him. What are you talking about, Jimmy? Don't let them drink the milk. It's poison. What milk? The milk they're putting on the training table. It's poison. Good grief. You stay here. I'll be back. Jimmy, what's this all about? Wait till I catch my breath. Don't drink any of that milk tonight. Take it back to the kitchen, Joe, and stop it. You heard what I said? Stop it, Joe. If this is a joke, Jimmy, it's a bad one. Oh, no. It's no joke. All right, now. What made you say the milk was poisoned? I saw the cook putting poison in the pitchers. What? Where is he? Wait a minute, Kent. Now, start from the beginning, Jimmy. Well, I went into the kitchen to sort of look around, and I noticed the cook standing over the milk pictures. Yeah? Well, I watched him carefully. He took a bottle full of some sort of medicine and poured a teaspoonful of the stuff into each pitcher. Are you sure, Jimmy? Oh, I'm positive. Hmm. I'm going to get that cook. Now, now, take it easy, Kent. Why? I don't want the boys to know anything about this. We've got to keep it quiet. Oh, yes. They're just about finished with dinner now. They'll be leaving in a few minutes. All right, all right. Who is this cook, Spike? His name is Dorf. He seemed like a pretty nice guy. Dorf, eh? How long has he been here? Since the beginning of the football season. Yeah? He used to cook on a boat. What did you say? I said the last job he had was cooking on a boat. What kind of a boat? I don't know. A a freighter, I guess. Freighter? What's the difference? There's plenty of difference. George Kane, according to last reports, was working on an oil tanker. Who's George King? I told you. One of the beneficiaries. One of the people who stand to make a million dollars if something happens to the Metropolis team. Kent, do you think Dorf might be George King? I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Oh, the boys are finished. They're going upstairs. We can go into the kitchen now. Come on. Can I come, Mr. Kent? Yeah, sure, Jimmy. All right. Now, take it easy. I don't want to frighten him. He's liable to pick up a knife. Yeah. Maybe you'd better let me go first. No, no, I'll handle it. Now, you keep well back, Jimmy. Yes, Mr. Taylor. I'll open the swinging doors. All set? Yes. Let's go. Look here, Dorf. We want to... Well, I'll be, Spike. It looks as though we got here too late. Dumbfounded, Clark Kent and Coach Spike Taylor stare at the empty kitchen. Dorf, the cook, is gone. Only one chilling thought races through their minds. Has he already done enough damage to ruin the team for Saturday's game? Or did Jimmy catch him in the nick of time? What will be the outcome of this newest development? Don't miss the next exciting episode. Tune in and listen with Superman. Don't forget, tune in again for the next thrilling episode with Superman. Superman. <laughs>
bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine.